When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! Devil's fans, hockey is finally back. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your boy, your confidant, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to a very exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our always great friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Major League Playoffs is well underway, now into the division series. We're well, well beyond the starting point of the NFL season. Things are getting rolling through five weeks. College football has been exciting as always. And of course, the 2022-23 NHL season is now underway. And obviously, your New Jersey Devils open up the 2022-23 campaign with their season opener in Philadelphia against the Philadelphia Flyers. And with all of these crazy, awesome sporting events going on and continuously going on, DraftKings is giving you unbelievable opportunities to get major, major cash prizes. So if this is something that really tickles your fancy and you want to get in on the action, well, I got a solution for you. You head over to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, you sign up, and when you sign up, they look for a promo code, you use our promo code THPN, and you make sure to tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano sent you. And again, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be probably one of the longer episodes I've done in a while and one of the longer episodes we have because this is the full 
Devils and NHL preview. You guys are listening to this on the day of the first game of the season for the Devils again in Philadelphia against the Flyers. It is a perfect time to have this episode come out because obviously, as you know, new episodes of the Devil State of Mind podcast come out every Monday and Thursday. And I'm just so over the moon excited. This is the most excited that really any NHL fan of any team is going to be because it's the beginning of a new year. You have a good idea as to how your team's going to do, but at the end of the day, with hockey being a magical, unpredictable sport, you never really know what's truly going to happen. And all you can do is go game by game and cheer on your favorite team. And here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, you're cheering on your beloved New Jersey Devils. So let me give you a long rundown of what we will be discussing here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We are going to kick things off first and foremost with a former devil who just announced their retirement as well as signing a one-day contract with the team to retire as a New Jersey Devil. We'll talk about that player in uh, detail once we get to that point. The next thing we're going to do is quickly go through the Devils' final roster, which was announced earlier this week. And there's obviously something that happened with regards to us, or like one or two things that um, we'll discuss a little bit more and kind of explain why they are in the position that they are in. We're also going to give you an update on Nico Heischer. Because obviously it's it's a positive one. It's it's a one that sounds like things are a lot better than they actually are. The Devils did make a um, I don't want to say major decision, but they ended up recalling somebody and sending someone else down prior to the start of the season, and that kind of explains uh, what we're going to talk about um, a little bit sooner when we talk about the roster itself. And we're also going to have a segment here talking about the Devils odds presented by DraftKings. So their futures, player awards, odds, and things like that. All of it surrounding guys on the New Jersey Devils. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, I will be going into my Devils 2022-23 preview. I'll discuss three things to watch, some big questions that I have. And of course, my predictions and also team awards as well. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode, we will be doing our NHL preview. So the way it's going to work, and I'll explain it again once we get to this segment, is I'm going to give you my division winners, and then I'm going to give you the teams, the eight teams from each conference that are going to make the playoffs. And then I'll give you my President's Trophy winner, Eastern and Western Conference, Stanley Cup winner, and how many games, Con Smite. And then I'm going to go through my predictions for the major awards, the Hart, Norris, Vesna, Ted Lindsay, Calder, Jack Adams, Selkie, and Lady Bing. So those are all the things we're going to talk about here today. So as always, and this episode is no exception, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we are going to kick things off with some news that revolves around a former devil that actually ended up signing a one-day contract with the team to retire as a New Jersey devil. And that is longtime defenseman and former captain of the New Jersey Devils, 
Andy Green. So on Wednesday morning, the Devils announced that Andy Green had signed a one-day deal with the Devils um, on that day and has officially retired from the NHL after a long 16-year career. So this was something that you kind of thought was a good chance of happening because nobody picked up Andy Green during the offseason, not even the Islanders. And I know the Islanders are trying to uh, get some more young guys on their defensive core. So that should come as no surprise. So I was wondering to myself a little bit earlier this offseason, what was going to happen with Andy Green? And on the eve of the season starting, Andy Green felt it was as good a time as any to officially announce his retirement as he nearly played two decades in the NHL. And his story is really remarkable. I mean, he played at Miami University in Ohio um, and he was an undrafted free agent and the Devils gave him an opportunity. And for the next 14 seasons, he wore the red and black. And obviously got a chance a little bit at the end to compete, uh, at least try to get to another cup final with the New York Islanders. And then has decided to retire after 16 seasons. And Andy Green did write a letter to the fans that I'm going to read to you right now. So Andy Green writes, coming out of Miami University in 2006 as an undrafted free agent, I was lucky enough to sign an NHL contract with the New Jersey Devils. In January of 2007, I fulfilled my dream and played my first NHL game. As I sit here 16 years later, it still seems surreal that I was one of the fortunate ones who got to do what I had dreamed of when I was five years old. I've been told that I was born to play hockey. My mom went into labor with me on the way to one of my older brother's hockey games. I think that was a sign. Dad, I think about you every day. Can't thank you enough for all the life lessons you have taught me and that I now pass on to my sons. Mom, you have been there every step of the way with your unconditional love and support. To my three older brothers and their families, you guys paved the way for me to get into hockey, but also gave me what, a, what any younger brother would want, and that's love. I want to thank the New Jersey Devils organization for giving me my first day and last day in the NHL. You have treated not only me, but more importantly, my family with nothing but love and respect, and I will forever be grateful for that. Thank you also to the New York Islanders organization for the past two and a half years. Thank you to all my former coaches, trainers, and everyone in team services. I am so grateful for all the effort and support you have given me, and I will always be indebted to you. Thank you to all my former teammates. You guys always made coming to the rink fun, challenging, and rewarding. I will cherish all the memories we have made over the years, but more importantly, the friendships that will last a lifetime. I wouldn't be here today without you guys and wish you nothing but the best going forward. And finally, to the fans, your support means the world to me. There is nothing better than coming out of the tunnel for a game and not being able to hear yourself think. Without you, there is no game. And finally, to my beautiful wife, Rachel, I can't thank you enough for your continued selflessness for not only our family, but for my career. I can't wait for this next phase of our lives and what the future has in store for us. Colton and Maddox, you two continue to amaze me with your kindness, big smiles, and I love watching you grow every day, Andy. So that was his long letter thanking everybody, including the Devils organization, for his, uh, for their, for the love and support that they all gave him during his 16 year career. And, you know, obviously Andy Green was the captain uh, prior to uh, Nico Heischer. 
Uh, Nico Heischer did write a small letter that the Devils posted on their social media with him thanking and wishing Andy Green nothing but the best. Uh, it has obviously been somewhat of an emotional day for some. I know that Andy Green to a lot of people isn't considered to be an all-time Devil great, but I think he kind of is in the same category as Travis Zajac, where you know he spent 10-plus years with the organization and uh, really, really loved being a Devil and was honored and wore the Devil's crest with pride. And I think that goes a long way. And, and uh, obviously, Andy Green was a warrior. And, uh, you know, I never I never really thought that he was, you know, a, a great player. But he was always a solid, good player on that back end. Was a big reason why the Devils defense was strong for as many years as it was. Even after the likes of Scott Stevens, uh, Danico, Niedermeyer, Rafalski, when those guys eventually uh, eventually left. Now, here's a little bit of a uh, background on Andy Green, in case some of you don't know. Green, who is now 39 years of age, was signed as a free agent by the Devils out of the University of Miami in Ohio. Over 16 years, he skated in 1,057 games, scoring 264 points, 52 goals, and 212 assists, and registered 277 penalty minutes. Additionally, Green played in 90 Stanley Cup playoff games, notching 14 points, 5 goals, and 9 assists, and 42 penalty minutes. He skated in his 1,000th NHL game on November 16, uh, 2021 with the New York Islanders and was the 20th U.S.-born defenseman to reach that mark. In 14 seasons with New Jersey, he has appeared in 923 games, scoring 49 goals and 197 assists for 246 points while registering 259 penalty minutes. In 50 Stanley Cup playoff games with the Devils, Andy Green registered nine points, three goals, and six assists and was a member of the 2012 Eastern Conference Championship squad. Green's games played total ranked seventh in franchise history, and he has the third longest games played streak in franchise history at 350 from March 6, 2012 to January 3, 2017. He was named the team's 11th captain on October 8, 2015, replacing uh, Bryce Salvador. And on February 16, 2020, Green was traded to the New York Islanders in exchange for David Quenville and a 2021 second round pick. Born October 30th, 1982 in Trenton, Michigan, Green played four years at Miami University in the CCHA from 2002-2003 to 05-06, serving as the captain his last two seasons. He was inducted into the Miami Athletics Hall of Fame in 2019, and he represented Team USA at the 2010 World Junior well, World Championships. And uh, finally here, the Devils did make this point on their website. The Andy Green will be acknowledged by the Devils for his time with the organization during the club's home opener uh, upcoming this Saturday, the 15th at home against the Detroit Red Wings, Andy Green's hometown team. He and his family will, will participate in ceremonial puck drop. And additionally, he will join MSG broadcast for a first intermission interview with Erica Walker and his former teammate and predecessor as captain, Bryce Salvador. Exclusively, Andy Green's interviews and content will be available throughout the coming days at NewJerseyDevils.com. And MSG will run a full-length interview with Green and Devils legend Ken Danico during the October 22nd pregame show, which I believe will be against the San Jose Sharks, if I remember correctly, in afternoon game. So, yeah, Andy Green has officially retired from the NHL 
Again, just like Travis Ajak playing the majority of his career with the New Jersey Devils and obviously was a guy that was a staple with the Devils organization for a very, very long time. And for him to go from being an undrafted free agent to playing nearly 20 years in the National Hockey League is quite remarkable. And, and definitely a great story for anybody who feels like an underdog, that even a guy like Andy Green, who may not have had the greatest skill or anything like that, as long as you work hard and believe in yourself, as you know, everybody will say that you, you have to do, you will achieve your dreams. And that's what Andy Green was able to do in his time in the NHL and mostly with the New Jersey Devils. So congratulations to Andy Green on his retirement. And we thank him for the 14 seasons of his dedication to the game of hockey, but most importantly, to the New Jersey Devils organization. But now we shift to our second topic we're going to discuss here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and that is the Devils roster for the upcoming 22-2023 season. And this was released, um, you know, late on Monday because the Devils had to. And here is the roster going into it. So the goaltenders, not a surprise. Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Defensemen, Ryan Graves, Dougie Hamilton, John Marino, Damon Severson, Jonas Siegenthaler, Brendan Smith, and Simon Nemetz, or Simone Nemetz, excuse me. And that is a surprise, or at least it was when it was first announced. But we will explain a little bit more because, again, the Devils did make another move that involves Simone Nemetz um, in just a little bit that will kind of give you an idea as to why the Devils originally had Nemetz on the opening day roster. So those are the defensemen and then the forwards. Nate Bastion, Jesper Boquist, Jesper Brett, Eric Kala. Alexander Holtz, not really surprisingly made the team. Jack Hughes, Andreas Johnson, which we will discuss again as well. Michael McLeod, Dawson Mercer, Andre Pilat, Yegor Sharangovich, Tomas Tatar, Miles Wood, and Fabian Zetterlin, who had a very strong preseason in training camp as he will now become a full-time NHLer. And also here, ladies and gentlemen, the Devils did announce that Nico Heischer, dealing with a hamstring since the 26th of September, was put on injured reserve, as well as Tyce Thompson, who's dealing with a lower body injury since the 29th. Both, by the way, can be put into the regular um, lineup at any time, can be activated. And then, again, not a surprising move, Jonathan Bernier was put on long-term IR from his hip surgery he's still recovering from that he got back on January 4th. So the initial reaction that a lot of people got was obviously number one, that Simone Nemetz had made the team and not Kevin Ball. Again, I will explain in just a moment why, you know, the Devils decided to do this and why they ended up doing what they did later on. Now, the other thing that is kind of, um, that is kind of interesting is the fact that people say, well, why is Andreas Johnson on the team? Like, how did he make the team when he was put on waivers? Well, first and foremost, you know, he was put on waivers and nobody claimed him. Um, secondly, he's probably going to be a healthy scratch for a good amount of the time um, until he could get put on waivers again. And then I think there's a possibility that he could be moved to Utica at some point. I think it's more of just waiting and seeing. But, I mean, Andreas Johnson did really nothing at all during the preseason that earned him a spot legitimately on this team. And it was kind of like a, a very, uh, 
kind of like an awkward situation. The fact that that was the case. I mean, not even the Leafs uh, brought uh, brought him back. Uh, but I think because also he's on the last year of his deal and things like that, and a lot of teams are dealing with cap issues, that it wasn't really possible. I still think there's a very good chance that Andreas Johnson either gets traded for something or eventually gets cut. But I don't see him being on the team by the end of this season. Like, I, I don't see him being on this team the whole year. Unless we get a bunch of injuries and he has to play. Other than that, I don't see how he can... Uh, he could be here. So I know it's a surprise, but don't expect Andreas Johnson to be in the lineup playing regularly like he's done the last two years. And then obviously the last big thing is just the fact that Fabian Zellin and Alexander Holtz made the team. Holtz definitely had some up and down games, but clearly when he's on the line with uh, Jack Hughes and Andre Pilat, he seems to have a lot of success. And I wouldn't be surprised on Thursday night if that's the first line. You know, the H2O line is it's becoming, it's already becoming to be with Hughes, Holtz, and uh, Andre Pilat. And then with Fabian Zettelin, this was a guy, look, we talked about it when we, when we spoke to uh, James Nichols of the fourth period and talking about the fact that the Devils were not going to take a chance on losing him. But Fabian Zellin definitely earned an, a spot on this roster. Now, had they decided to you know, cut him, uh, he would have had to go through waivers before he went down to Utica. And there's a very good chance that a bunch of teams would have taken him if he was there. He probably would have been the biggest uh, guy on waivers of any team out there. So the Devils, you know, with the fact that he earned his spot and everything like that, he's being given an opportunity. So I expect him to be on probably like a fourth line with a guy like Miles Wood, which could be very interesting. But I'm excited for Fabian Zeller with the speed and aggressiveness that he brings and what he was able to contribute in a short time last year. You know, the expectations for him are obviously very up, and uh, I'm hoping that he can bring another dynamic to this team. Now, as far, again, as the injuries are concerned, nothing is really a huge surprise. Although, Nico Kishore has practiced each of the last two days. He's practiced on Tuesday. He practiced again on Wednesday. When he spoke to the media on Tuesday, he said that he's getting relatively close to playing Um it sounds like from based off what he's saying, he has to go through a couple more hurdles. There is still a possibility that he could be in the lineup for Thursday night's uh, season opener against Philadelphia, but it doesn't sound like at all that he's going to be out long-term. So that's kind of a relief. And you're just hoping that Nico can get back fully healthy and that he can go a long period of time without being injured. And he could just continue to play because that we need him in the lineup as much as possible with him being our captain. And obviously the skill set he can bring to that second line center role with guys like Tatar and Brat, and obviously Sharon Govich as well. So that's kind of the update that we have with Nico Heischer at this point. Now, the other thing to mention is the fact that Kevin Ball, who didn't make the team out of camp, was called up on Wednesday morning to the Devils, and Simone Metz was indeed sent down to Utica as expected. Now, why is this expected? Well, per Ryan Novozinski, because he tried to explain this as best as he could and as best as anybody, any of us could understand, Basically, having the Mets on the roster when LTI, LTI for Bernier kicked in was a strategic move that saved them money in relief. The Mets has high performance bonuses, so his hit would have been at $4.2 million if he was not on the initial roster. So now that he, you know, 
made the initial roster and everything. Now the cap hit won't be as much the next time if he at some point comes up, does. And Kevin Ball obviously making less than Simone DeMet. So this was a cap move. This was kind of an opportunity. This was kind of a, a situation where they told Ball, look, you're gonna, we're gonna send you down, but you're not really going anywhere. They told the Mets you're gonna start the year in Utica. He was very strong in his first preseason, but they want to see him get more accustomed to the North American game and going down to Utica with a great coach like Kevin Dineen. Great spot for him. Kevin Ball had a really, really good preseason, and he earned himself a spot on this team. And so he'll now be the seventh defenseman. Whether or not he ends up being one of the main starters long-term remains to be seen. I'm sure he and Brendan Smith are going to be battling day in and day out to get playing time with Smith obviously signing a two-year deal and Kevin Ball on his uh, entry-level contract. So, you know, Nemetz, while he did make the team out of camp, you know, he wasn't going to be here very long. And uh, Kevin Ball now is on the team. So the only difference from the original roster I read to you is the fact that Kevin Ball, not Simone Nemetz, is that seventh defenseman going in. So that is the Devils roster. And also some updates on a guy like Nico Heischer that you have going into this upcoming season. So we'll see what this roster can bring to us once the season kicks off on Thursday night. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. And there's so many different opportunities out there because hockey is, as I always say, a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what type of game you're going to get. You might get a couple of opportunities here and there, but with matchups like even the big events, like the Winter Classic that's coming up, or any of these outdoor games, all-star games, big matchups against the defending cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, and so much more, DraftKings, as always, is giving you huge opportunities to get major cash prizes. And that wasn't enough. Excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN, TBPN, or TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So this was kind of a cool thing that was uh, brought to me as an idea from some people I work with uh, through DraftKings. And they thought it would be a really cool idea for me to give you guys, since this is the beginning of the season, the Devils' future odds as well as player odds with regards to, you know, team awards and everything like that. And all of this is sponsored again by our great friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So shout out to Sportsbook for uh, sponsoring this segment and obviously the Devil's State of Mind podcast as a whole. So I'm going to give you guys the odds. And again, if you're not signed up on DraftKings yet, make sure you go to DraftKings, use our promo code THPN, and tell them that Neil Villapiano sent you. So let's kick things off with the Devil's future odds. First and foremost, 
regular team points, the over-under is 89.5, and, and it's at minus 115. So basically, the over-under for how much people think the Devils are going to get with regards to points this year is about 89.5, nearly 90. So if you feel pretty confident about that with the odds only being at minus 115, I think that's a pretty safe bet. And considering what my prediction is going to be and what a lot of people's predictions are going to be with regards to points, with it being in the late, in the um, early 90s, you know, to uh, late 80s, uh, I think it's honestly a really, really legitimate bet, especially if you're going off the basis of it's all, you know, everything works out the way that we're expecting to. Now, with regards to making the playoffs, the Devils are at plus 140 to make the playoffs and are at minus 170 to not. And it's obviously understandable that you're leaning more towards the Devils not making the playoffs, considering how deep the Eastern Conference is, the Metropolitan Division, and the fact that the Devils still have a lot more questions than answers. So again, plus 140 to make the playoffs and minus 170 to miss the playoffs. President's Trophy, the Devils uh, start the year at plus 7,000. So if for whatever reason you think the Devils are going to have an unreal season and become President's Trophy winners, there are your odds and you can get a pretty nice payday. Um, if you end up being right, uh, division winner, uh, the devil's odds to win the Metro would be plus 1600. Not terrible. Interestingly enough, um, nobody in the Metropolitan division is at minus at all. So, uh, it, it's kind of in a way like this division in some cases could be kind of up for grabs for anybody. Now, in regards to the devils, it's a lot less likely that they win the division, but as I say before in hockey, you never know what could happen. It's a magical, unpredictable sport. To win the Eastern Conference, the Devils stand at plus 2,200. And then finally, if you feel like the Devils have more than half a shot to win the Stanley Cup this year and pull off an un, I mean, even more unreal season, the Devils' uh, odds to start the year to win the Cup are at plus 5,500. So again, those are your Devils' future odds as a team going into the season. And again, Make sure you go to DraftKings and place your bets right now. So now we'll shift over to the player odds. And this is more for end of the season awards. Um, there aren't Devils players on every single award. Um, four of them uh, for these awards do have Devils players. We'll start with the Hart Trophy for league MVP. Jack Hughes starts the year at plus 4,000, while Jesper Bratt is towards the bottom at plus 30,000. So there you go. That's the trophy. Only person on there from the Devils is Vitek Vanacek. He starts the year at plus 10,000 to become goaltender of the year. Norse Trophy, the Devils have two. Dougie Hamilton starts at a plus 5,000, while Damon Severson starts at a plus 30,000. And you wonder with Damon Severson, the fact that this is a contract year, you know how a lot of these things go. When it's a guy's contract year, they usually have an unbelievable season. And if you want to put some money down to think that Damon Severson could end up being a um, Norse Trophy winner with plus three thirty thousand odds, you're going to get yourself a huge amount of money, a huge amount. And also, just to let you guys know, because DraftKings does a really good job of this, whenever you place a bet, regardless how much money you put in, they also do give you what the payout would be. Basically, how much money would you end up winning if you are correct on whatever. Um, uh, bet you make and you can also make a parlay as well with three different types of um odds because the you know the bigger the parlay the more the cash out is going to be if you get it right and that's with same game parlays as well with regards to you know making bets during the game or prior to the game DraftKings offers that as well so very simple very very simple whether you do it online or you use the DraftKings app both work very very well now with regards to the Calder trophy for rookie of the year devil's got two 
Alexander Holtz uh, starts the year at plus 2,200, while Fabian Zetterlin starts the year at plus 5,000. And the last uh, odds that I wanted to show with you is actually something that is uh, brand new for just this year for the NHL odds, is the odds for Ovechkin to score his 800th goal against whatever team. Now, the Devils were the team that ended up giving uh, Alexander Ovechkin his 700th goal. So it's you wonder if the Devils are going to end up being the victims of him um, become, you know, scoring his 800th goal. Now, the Devils do play the Capitals early on the season, but there's also a game in late November where, you know, Ovechkin needs like 20-some-odd goals to get to 800. And you wonder with the way, the pace that usually Ovechkin has, um, you wonder if he'll be pretty darn close, if not maybe a goal or two away, by the time that November game against the Devils rolls around. So that's something to keep in mind. And with regards to that, the odds for Ovechkin to score his 800 against the Devils starts at plus 3,500, which honestly isn't bad. And I think a lot of it, a lot of that affects the fact that the Devils did give up the 700 goal and that late November game against the Capitals later on the season. So, you know, if you feel like the Devils are going to end up being the ones to concede the 800 goal for Alexander the Great, again, the odds start at plus. 3,500. So those are all the odds to start at DraftKings Sportsbook for New Jersey Devils as a whole, as well as players on the team. So once again, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring this segment, for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well, Devil's State of Mind Podcast. And make sure also, guys, that you bet responsibly. So now it's time for the moment you have all been waiting for, and that is my Devils and NHL previews, and we'll start with your beloved New Jersey Devils. So, the way it's going to work is this. I have the top three things to watch for this upcoming season. I also have two major questions that uh, need to be answered. And then finally, I will give you guys my predictions for where the team's going to finish, how many points, do they make the playoffs or not, team MVP, offensive MVP, defensive MVP, uh, top goalie, and rookie of the year. So that is how things are going to go with this preview. So let's kick things off, starting with the top three things to watch for. Number one, is the goaltending finally solved? The Devils, once again, we had to go into the goalie market to get somebody. We traded a couple of picks to acquire Vitek Vanacek, looked really strong in preseason, and then you have Mackenzie Blackwood coming off a horrific season last year. He's fully healthy now. He's had a couple of solid performances during the preseason also. And you're hoping that both of these guys can finally bring some stability between the pipes. And if they are stable, that's going to give the Devils a much higher chance of being competitive for the playoffs and getting into the playoffs as this season goes along. So that's the first thing to watch for. Second, does the power play become lethal? And what I mean by that is this. Obviously, we're going from a power play that is atrocious to hopefully a power play that's really good. And with Andrew Burnett now being here as the associate coach, the damage he was able to do in a positive way with the Florida Panthers last year on offense, and especially on the power play, you're hoping the same could be implemented here with the likes of Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Alexander Holtz, Pilat, Sharon Govich, Mercer, Nico, all of these guys. You're hoping with all the young, high-scoring talent that we have that it can all be implemented in the correct way and our power play becomes that lethal power play. So 
That's the second thing to watch for. And the third one, which I feel like is more of a personal one for me, but I feel like it also could be very much implemented for every Devils fan. Are we still in the hunt for the playoffs in late January, early February? How many times have you guys seen it the last decade with this team where we start the year off strong, we look like that we that it's finally the year where we're turning a corner, and by the time we hit late January, early February, things have completely fallen apart. We went on some really bad losing streak, and now we're thinking about you know who we're going to take with a top pick in next year's draft. That's that's what I've seen, and that's what a lot of us have. Uh, that's what all of us really have seen uh, in the last couple of years. So really, the question becomes again: Are we? Is this finally the year that it's different? Is this the year where once we get towards the trade deadline, we're still very much in the thick of things? And that's why I will remind Devils fans, be cautiously optimistic. Be excited, of course. I'm excited and I'm optimistic as hell. But also be cautiously excited and optimistic that while a great start is certainly what we want, it doesn't tell the full picture. It obviously doesn't. We've experienced this numerous times. So it's important to keep that in mind as the season progresses, we can't celebrate and believe that things are different once we hit, you know, late November, early December. We got to see where the team is in late January, early February trade deadline, you know, area to really kind of get an idea as to where this team is going. That, to me, is what I think is going to end up having us decide whether this team is for real or not and whether or not we're finally getting out of the rebuild and finally showcasing the potential and talent that this team has. So those are the three things to watch for this upcoming season. The next thing is my two major questions. Number one, does Jack Hughes finally reach superstardom? We obviously have seen what Jack Hughes can do when he's healthy, when he's healthy. And he continues to show superstar talent. The guy is a, basically a point-per-game player at this point. And if he can play a full 82 games or 81 or 80 and really, really take off and explode, he will be a superstar. And at that superstar level, by the time this season ends, and he's going to be the main catalyst on offense uh, for this team if they want to get into the playoffs. So that's a big question. Second one is this. What is the leash on Lindy Roth? For this season, this is the last year of his contract. You don't know what things are going to be like even a year, uh, you know, a year from now. We don't know if he's going to remain in hockey, if the Devils want to keep him, or if he ends up retiring. We don't know. But if the Devils get off to a slow start, right, first 10, 15 games, they've only won like three or four, do the Devils decide in that quick moment to make a change immediately, maybe make most likely, I would think it'd be Andrew Burnett, who already did a fantastic job as an interim head coach. Um, do you make that switch? Because we were, you know, how many times last year did all of us on social media and stuff, you know, beg the devils to fire Lindy Ruff and get rid of him and all that stuff. And it didn't happen. You wonder if the leash is a lot less this year, considering all the expectations, all the moves the devils made and what everybody is believing that this team can finally do does Lindy Ruff end up being the reason that this team gets held back again? So keep in mind for that. And I do wonder that. So those are the two big questions that I have for, um, for the Devils as a whole this year. And now with all of that out of the way, let's go to my final predictions for this season. And I try very, very hard to not be biased or anything like that, to try to be as fair also kind of look at how everybody else is thinking of and kind of get a good idea from that standpoint. So 
first and foremost, where does the team finish? Personally, and this is, again, based off of everything going the way that we want it to go and everybody stays healthy and all that, with the potential of the team, I expect them to finish fourth in the Metropolitan Division, good enough for 93 points on the year, and to make the playoffs as the eighth seed, as the second wild card seed. I think that they, with 93 points finishing fourth in the Metro, I think it gives them a really, really good shot to doing that. So I want to keep that in mind. So I think that the Devils, if everything goes goes right, I definitely think this is a playoff team. Now for team MVP, not surprisingly to most, I'm going to go with Jack Hughes. And not only do I think he gets over 30 goals, I think he approaches nearly 40 goals. I have him finishing with 38 goals, 56 assists for a total of 94 points. I think this is going to, he's really, really going to showcase his skills being fully healthy. Offensive MVP, going to go with Jack Hughes again, for obvious reasons. Defensive MVP, I'm going to go with the man that we just gave a long-term extension to, and that is Jonas Siegenthaler. And although he's never reached you know, more than one or two goals a season, and, and certainly not even 20 assists in the year, I think this is going to be a big year for him being on that top defensive pairing with Dougie Hamilton and being much more involved in the game and you know having huge amounts of ice time. I think his stats will go up a lot. I have him scoring five goals, getting 35 assists for 40 points, which I think is a reasonable thing considering that even though Siegenthaler is much more of a defensive defenseman, I think he'll be able to amp up his offensive game a little bit more this year with everybody around him now as far as top goalie again you know it's going to be a pretty fair even um you know work workload between vanacek and blackwood but at some point i think one of these goaltenders is going to have to grab the job by the horns and i think it's going to end up being vtech vanacek i get i i have him winning 26 games this year which i think is pretty reasonable if everything goes well finishing with a 2.38 goals against average, a .923 save percentage with three shutouts. I don't expect the Devils to have a bunch of games where they shut out opponents. It's tough to shut out any team in the NHL. Even the worst teams in the NHL, it's tough to shut out. So although I, I will expect a lot of strong starts from Vanacek, I don't think he'll have a, a lot of games where he completely shuts the door on our opponents. So that is... Nonetheless, I think all of this is very reasonable for me. And again, this is based off of this team finally getting everything rolling together. So again, I have them finishing fourth in the Metro, 93 points, making the playoffs as the second wild card seed, the eighth seed. Team, team MVP, Jack Hughes. Offensive MVP is Jack Hughes. Defensive MVP is Jonas Siegenthaler. And finally, top goalie is Vitek Vanacek. And finally, very quickly, rookie of the year. I have Alexander Holtz. I think him playing on that top line with Jack Hughes and Andre Palat is going to be huge for him. He seems to be so confident, and he's not afraid to shoot the puck. I think eventually he's going to really, really get it going. I had him scoring 21 goals, adding 31 assists for 52 points and a really, really solid rookie year. I feel very confident he could end up becoming another one of the many 20-goal scorers that we can have on this team. And with a veteran you know, presence like Andre Plot and with a superstar like Jack Hughes, I think the sky's the limit with regards to the supporting cast and what type of damage Alexander the Alexander Holtz can do in his rookie year. So that is the way that I look at it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my full Devils 2022-23 preview. So as always on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. Let me know what you guys think. Do you agree, disagree, anything like that? Let me know. 
Um, I love interacting with you guys 100%. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, here is my official NHL preview. So the way this is going to work is like this. We'll first start with who I think is going to win the division in each of the four divisions. Um, I'm then going to go through my seeds one through eight of the teams that will make the playoffs. Then I'll give you my President's Trophy, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, Stanley Cup winner, and Con Smite. And then I'm going to finish with some individual award predictions. Con Smite, Hart, Norris, Vesna, Ted, Lindsay, Calder, Jack Adams, Selkie, and Lady Bing. So let's jump right into it. So we'll start again with who I think will be the four division winners for this year. In the Metro, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. I think this is the year considering the difficulties of losing in last year's second round to the Rangers. I think this is a very, very hungry and motivated Canes team. And I think they're going to come out of the gate right away like a house on fire. In the Atlantic, there's a couple of teams I could see winning it. But I think ultimately the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, will. I do question the goaltending of Matt Murray and uh, Samsonov. But I think if they get enough goal support and things like that, I think that they definitely could be a really dangerous team in that Atlantic division and probably be the cream of the crop of it. Central, going to go with the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche. I was kind of flip-flopping between them and Nashville. I know Nashville's off to a 2-0 start and it means very little. But considering, you know, UC Soros in net full-time, you know, obviously you got Philip Forsberg, you know, still in the fold with a couple of other really solid players. I think Nashville could definitely be one of those surprising teams that we expect to be good, but not like really, really good. But I still think eventually, I still think nonetheless, the defending champs, Colorado Avalanche will take care of the central division Pacific. Again, couple of teams you could have gone with here, but for me, I think with the way what Brad Trevling was able to do and with the good coaching of Sutter, I, I think that the Calgary flames are going to end up taking the Pacific division. I think that, uh, you know, if there was any way, the Flames could have gotten out of their situation with uh, losing Johnny Gaudreau and trading Matthew Kachuk and still end up doing a lot of good with the team. It has to be what the Flames did. You know, you're getting Jonathan Huberto. You're getting Mackenzie Weger. You were able to sign at the very end, um, you know, Kadri. You still have some other really good pieces. You know, Jakob Markstrom right now in the prime of his career, playing very, very well, was a Vesna Trophy finalist. And Daryl Sutter being a really good, you know, disciplined head coach, I think the Flames are really destined to have another good year. Maybe not the same type of level they had last year, but I still think that they're going to have a very, very strong year and put themselves in a position to be Stanley Cup contenders once we get to the postseason. So those are my division winners. Again, Metro, Hurricanes, Atlantic, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Central, Colorado Avalanche, and the Pacific, the Calgary Flames. And now we get into the controversial part of the, of the episode because this I, I've seen it all over Twitter with a lot of the other you know podcasts that are here on the network when they post their graphics and things like that and their predictions. I know that obviously a lot of people are going to have their say about these things. So let's see how this goes, shall we? So in the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go one through eight. So first seed, Carolina Hurricanes. Second seed, Toronto Maple Leafs. Third seed, and this was kind of, this is kind of like an interesting thing. I have the New York Rangers. It really sucks to say that, but I do think the Rangers got better during the offseason. And I think this is now with their championship window open, I think that now they're going to be battle-tested and battle-scary in many ways. Uh, fourth seed, Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Fifth seed, Boston Bruins. Sixth seed, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just, I can't not put them in because they, regardless of how old they get, they always find a way to get in anyway. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, seventh seed, we have the Washington Capitals. And finally, out of the eighth spot, as I mentioned before, I have the New Jersey Devils. So that is my one through eight seeding. And I don't think it's necessarily ridiculous. Maybe some people have some exceptions about the ordering and things like that. But this is the way that I see the Eastern Conference rolling out. So now we go to the Western Conference. Here we go. First seed, Colorado Avalanche. Second seed, Calgary Flames. Third seed, the Nashville Predators. Fourth seed, the Minnesota Wild. They have the Oilers in the fifth spot. The LA Kings, who were kind of one of those surprising teams last year, I think now ready to take that next step, get back into the playoffs, make some more damage. I have them as a sixth seed. The Dallas Stars, who obviously were able to get Ottinger as well as Robertson some good you know, short-term deals, which is positive. And then lastly, I have the St. Louis Blues. And I know that people want to say, well, you really think, you know, Vegas is going to miss out again? Yeah, I do. I, st- I This is a relatively old team who has a lot of offense. Uh, their defense is still, you know, pretty solid with the likes of Petrangelo and Shea Theodore. But how long is Robin Leonard going to get going to go going to be out? You know, all that stuff. They have a new coaching staff. You know, do we really think that Thompson's going to be, you know, that good, you know? But if anybody can pull off surprises like they've done before, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. But in my predictions, I don't see them making it. Maybe they miss out by a point or two as the ninth seed, but I don't see them making it in the playoffs when it's all said and done. So, again, to quickly recap uh, my uh, teams to make the playoffs, we have the Canes, Leafs, Rangers, Lightning, Bruins, Penguins, Cap- Capitals, and Devils coming out of the Eastern Conference. And then the Western Conference, we have the Abs, Flames, Predators, Wild, Oilers, Kings, Stars, and Blues. So now we shift over to uh, the main trophy. So we'll start President's Trophy. I think will be the Colorado Avalanche. I think that uh, this is a team, you know, obviously they lose Nazem Kadri, but they're still adding some good pieces. I think an under-the-radar piece is Evan Rodriguez. I think that he's going to actually be a major contributor on that third line and playing some second line as well. So keep an eye on that. Eastern Conference winner, Carolina Hurricanes. Western Conference winner, the Colorado Avalanche. So my Stanley Cup prediction is Colorado versus the Carolina Hurricanes, which would be a fun, fun series to watch. And I have the Carolina Hurricanes hoisting their second Stanley Cup in their first since their head coach, Rob Brindamore, hoisted it in 06 as the captain. I have them winning the Stanley Cup in six games. And Andrei Shvichnikov is my con smite winner for playoff MVP. So that is what I see happening team-wise in the NHL this season. And finally, we have my individual major award winner prediction. So we'll start league MVP, Hart Trophy. It's going back to Connor McDavid. Norris, I think this is the year that Roman Yossi finally puts himself in that top five, maybe even top three defenseman category and finally gets himself, you know, some of that recognition. And staying in Nashville, I have UC Soros, who I think this year is ready to explode onto the NHL scene. I've heard nothing but great things about him and I've seen him play. He's very, very talented. I think he ends up winning the Vesna Trophy. Ted Lindsay, I'm going to give to Austin Matthews. 
Rookie of the year, the Calder. I'm going to go with Seattle Kraken's Matty Beneers. I think with some of the experience he got at the end of last year playing in Seattle, and now he's getting ready for his first full year, I think he has some confidence. Being on a young team, he's going to be a main focal point, and I think he's going to really, really shine this year and have a big year in his first full rookie season in the NHL. Jack Adams for Coach of the Year. I'm going to go with Rob Brindamore. I think that Rob Brindamore is going to going to guide the Hurricanes to a really good season, maybe even better than last year. And I think that he's going to get some recognition as one of the top coaches in the NHL right now. Selkie, which could get controversial. Now, I understand, and I know the easy choice in many people's minds is Patrice Bergeron, but I'm actually going to go with Nico Heischer. And this is based off the premise of the fact of him staying healthy after this little injury he's got right now. He has the same abilities as Patrice Bergeron. He has shown, you know, he's coming off a career year and he's a very, very good defensive four. Doesn't take a lot of penalties. One of the better guys when it comes to face-off uh, win probability. And I think this is that year where he can finally break out and, um, show that he's one of the best defensive forwards in the game. And I think that he's going to have a really big year and he's going to, if the devils want to get into the playoffs and uh, you know, considering the fact that some people also have Nico Heischer finishing at least top three, this is going to be my bold prediction for the year. I think that Nico Heischer ends up winning a Selkie trophy and really, really shows that he is uh, a tremendous defensive forward and lady Bing, for gentleman, most gentlemanly player of the year, I'm going to go with Jakob Slavin, who has you know been in this conversation before. It is a guy who's a super disciplined player overall and a big part of the backbone of that Carolina Hurricanes defense. I like his chances, and I think that uh, he'll have another really, really, um, really strong season. I guess is the word. Very disciplined season overall. So those are my awards. So again. Going through everything. We'll go through it one more time. Division winners. Metro, Carolina Hurricanes, Atlantic, Toronto Maple Leafs, Central, Colorado Avalanche, and Pacific, Calgary Flames. Uh, here are the seeds in the Eastern Conference. Canes, Leafs, Rangers, Lightning, Bruins, Penguins, Capitals, Devils in that order. And then in order from one to eight in the Western Conference, Abs, Flames, Predators, Wild, Oilers, Kings, Stars, Blues. And then we shift over to awards. President's Trophy winners, Colorado Avalanche. Eastern Conference winners, Carolina Hurricanes. Western Conference winners, Colorado Avalanche. Stanley Cup winners, Hurricanes defeat the Avalanche in six games. Andre Svechnikov wins Conn Smythe for playoff MVP. And then as far as individual awards, Hart Trophy, Connor McDavid. Norris, Roman Yossi. Vesna, UC Saros. Ted Lindsay, Austin Matthews. Calder, Maddie Beneers. Jack Adams, Rob Brindamore, Selkie, Nico Heischer, and Lady Bing, Jakob Slavin. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my official 2022-23 NHL preview. Guys, hockey is finally back in full swing with the regular season. And for the New Jersey Devils, Thursday night in Philadelphia in the city of brotherly love against our hated Turnpike rivals in the Philadelphia Flyers is the start of what should hopefully be a big year for the New Jersey Devils. And this is certainly going to be another big year for the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And I hope you guys are excited to jump on here, jump on this ride, and come along with me because I cannot wait to get things rolling.